0: To the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network.
1: It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement.
0: Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome back into the Future Socks Podcast. My name is Mike Rankin today we're talking to elijah evans and i say that because elijah is the star of chicago white Sox minor league twitter i tell you the kid is working harder than anybody i've ever seen who is so dedicated to getting all the information that you the white Sox listener is looking for so let's talk to elijah evans about the double a birmingham parents he is out in birmingham and i want to ask him this question elijah how's the trip so far how are you doing Mike, first of all, thank you. I appreciate that. It's been a, uh, it's been incredible. Um
2: I won't lie For everybody listening, everybody that's followed me on Twitter, I'm sure you can tell that I'm having a great time. Um, it's awesome here. I, I've never been to Alabama at all. I've never been to Birmingham, so it's a whole new world for me. Uh, I'm just really trying to make the most of it and enjoy every single second that I'm here. This Birmingham Barons team, uh, I have to tell you, Mike, it, it's special. I, I know that White Sox fans are frustrated. and it's been a really frustrating few years. But being here fills me with so much optimism, even more than I've already had, not just because of the product on the field. The energy here and the vibe of this team is better than I could have expected by far. The culture here that's just building with these new guys and the guys that have been here and the guys that have got promoted recently is just a blend of really, really good people. Every single player on this team that I say hi to is friendly. they're open, guys are willing to talk to me. they're just they're just having fun too. They, they mess around in the dugout, they're listening to music, they're singing along. they're, they're just it's I, I, it's something about this team that I just I'm just enjoying every minute of being here and I'm just feeling grateful to even watch all of this go down and be there close next to the field and watching these guys and being able to talk to a bunch of them. Uh, There's just something really, really cool going on here. And the core of this team, these guys have a, they, they know to a degree that they are part of the future and they are the main part of the future. Obviously there's a lot of talent in different places in Winston Salem and in Kannapolis, but this core that's in Birmingham right now is the future of the white Sox, And I think they sort of know that in a non cocky way, but in a way where it's like, you know, let's use this time to come together to get to know each other, to have some fun and to really build our future because they're going to be the next wave of the white Sox, And there's really good talent for that next wave.
0: Be sure you're following Elijah on Twitter, at Elijah Ev the number eight. You can see all the interviews that he's doing in person in Birmingham and catch up on all of it. He's also talking to Seth Keener. There's other interviews that he has lined up. I mean, this is – got to be following Elijah. He's all over it, Chicago White Sox, minor league baseball, specifically what he referenced as the future of the Chicago White Sox. I mean, I don't think that's far-fetched in the slightest because I think the White Sox are recognizing the players in Birmingham now we're also part of Project Birmingham last year. And I love that you're projecting this core as the future of the Chicago White Sox because I think to a degree, a lot of people understand that. And if there's an understanding collectively, I think it plays into what's to come and, and just the expectations that are on the shoulders of a lot of young players. And today, I want to get more insight on the players that we really don't get to see very often. Elijah mentioned a lot of the players who were willing to do interviews. Lined up today, we have Danny Farquhar, the pitching coach of the Birmingham Barons. We have Nicky Delmonico, the hitting coach of the Birmingham Barons. We're also going to hear from Edgar Caro, Brian Ramos, and Nick Nasrini. So I want to get to all of it today. First, let's begin with Danny Farquhar, because I have a lot of respect for Danny Farquhar. What he went through, suffered an aneurysm, passed out in the dugout, and survived a very scary incident when he was with the Chicago White Sox. Now he's a pitching coach within the organization. He touches on a few things, specifically with the new guys that have arrived in Birmingham and what the White Sox are looking to do. So I want you to hear what Danny Farquhar had to say, and then we're going to discuss a little bit more in depth about the pitching staff, specifically Nick Mastrini, because Elijah saw one of Mastrini's best starts in the Chicago White Sox organization. So first, here's Farquhar.
3: I was wondering how um, some of the new pitchers in this organization, you know, Yonestrini and Eater and Bush, the guys that came over at the deadline, how are they acclimating and um, how are they
2: fitting in with the team so far?
3: Yeah, fitting in as people, they're fitting in great. Um, they, we're definitely getting to know each other. Um, to have three new starting pitchers in the middle of the season um, is, is a learning process. So we're getting to know kind of the throwing program, the exercises they like to do. Um, And so far, things have been going great. That's awesome. Is there anything, um, so we'll talk Nestrini for a minute because he's starting here tonight. Is there anything
2: that you've been working on with Nick in terms of his development and any of his pitches going forward?
3: Um, Specifically, the slider depth. We're trying to get it a little less cuttery and more slider with a little more depth to create a little more whiffs. Um, But no, for the most part, he came to us in a very good spot, and uh, we will continue to to just hone in his craft. How about Jake Eater? Is there anything with him you're working on specifically? Yeah, some lower half, some lower half stuff, and um, just kind of mechanics overall, and trying to get him in a good spot. Awesome.
2: How are you feeling in general about this? This whole group. I mean, this is a from top to bottom. This rotation in the bullpen right now is really talented here. So how is how is the whole unit looking? Do you have uh, some feelings about where things
3: are heading towards? You know, next season. Yeah, I mean, this is we got a great, you know, pitching and hitting. We got everything working for us, right? now, um, just all putting it together in games, and um, hopefully we start hitting on all cylinders and kind of head heading into the off season on a positive.
0: First of all, it seems like Farquhar is just somebody you want to hang out with and, and just sit around and have a conversation. Uh, I, I really liked the info that you were able to gather there, Elijah, specifically with Nistrini's slider depth, uh, as well as Jake Eater, just the focus on mechanics. I think it's encouraging to understand the acclimation process, too, as you got players coming from outside organizations adapting to culture that's already established within the White Sox, but the talent is there clearly. And the focus was on Nostrini and Eater there, but let's tunnel to Nostrini because you saw him pitch live. I'd love to hear what you saw. When you were watching Estrani, watching his stuff, delivery, the the poise, uh, everything, the size as well, were you impressed what you saw? Because he threw ten strikeouts in six innings. Of all the guys that I've seen pitch so far since
2: I've been here, Nastrini was definitely the one that caught my attention the most. I've been following Christian Mena a lot this whole season, so I've kind of seen a lot of him. He had a good start, but Nestrini's start was really like, wow, this guy is going to be something. His stuff is great. When he's able to locate his pitches, he is he, he's a really good pitcher and not just you know I, I think he's a guy who's he's a little bit older he's a little bit further in his process so i think a lot of fans have the idea that he's you know he's a league ready arm he is nearly a league ready arm he's also a really high upside arm this is not a guy who you're putting in your rotation And you know, hoping he's going to be a four or five sooner than later. This is a guy who you're putting, you're giving time to develop. It may take some time with his command, but I could see him being a two starter in the future. Like he's got that type of stuff. The cutter is great. Like Farquhar talked about, the slider is getting better. He had a few with sliders in this game that were almost bordering on sweeper type sliders, where they were just devastating horizontal movement and depth to them where it was just I mean it's really good stuff and it's just consistently his his fastball was spotting all over the place he you know he has some tendency to get a little bit wavering with the command with the fastball but he was really good uh, two days ago and he he was pretty stable with it all over the place the velo was exactly where you want to see it and I mentioned this on Twitter and a lot of people took note to this his velo almost ramped up throughout the night he, he came out pretty hot in the first inning and then the second third inning he was kind of sitting that 92 93 range in his last inning of work when he got two strikeouts in his last inning, ended up like sitting 94 in that last inning. So really encouraging to see a guy who can go six full innings, maintain that velo, even ramp it up a mile per hour on average about it. looked to me. Um, and, you know, the, the slider was great. Like he talked about, he talked to me, and you're going to hear this in a little bit, but his changeup was also working. So this is a guy who, you know, has been a, kind of a fastball slider primary guy, but his changeup adds a whole other layer to his pitching where when he's able to work that changeup in, it makes the slider that much more devastating when he's working it well. So really impressive start. The The hits he allowed were primarily just soft bloop singles. I think four or five of the six hits he gave up were just really soft hit singles that were just, nobody was barreling anything against him, really. Um, he he wasn't missing a ton of spots. I think with, with Masrini, like, the strikeout stuff is great. It's really just going to come down to his continual work on that command and, and you know, differentiating that slider from his other pitches to make it a really true wipeout pitch um, which we saw a few of if you haven't checked them out on my Twitter there was a clip I got from behind the plate of one of his strikeouts that was just a slider that started like middle in and ended up like a good six inches off the plate it was just disgusting I mean it was it was a swing that looked like the I mean the the Chattanooga hitter looked like he'd swung out of his shoes almost to a degree I mean it was it, it was really good stuff from Nistrini.
0: Nistrini in three starts in August 24 strikeouts five walks and in the start that Elijah saw Went six innings, gave up six hits, one earned, one walk, and ten strikeouts. So wonderful stuff from Nick Nostrini. Let's hear from him post game, gathered by Elijah.
3: Anything today that was particularly working for you in this start?
0: My um, changeup. When
4: I have my changeup, feel opens everything up, and I just had a lot of feel last tonight. Awesome. How about
3: that slider? I talked to the, your pitching coach earlier about kind of adjusting the depth on the slider. How did that feel tonight? Felt
4: pretty good. You know, I got some uh, more depthy slider, especially at the end of the game. So putting that work in, seeing it go into the game is a good feeling.
3: That's tough. How has it been uh, adjusting to this organization and just coming out and being with the White Sox now and uh, all your new teammates and everything?
4: Initially, it was a big adjustment, but I mean, the guys on the team welcomed me with open arms. So I'm very excited. They're, they've been great. Um, it's been a really good adjustment period. Sorry, they're, they're screaming at me. <laughs> that's
3: good, man. You had a good game. You deserve it. Uh, how about the coaching staff? Here? How's it been working with uh, with Danny Farquhar and all the other coaches with him? It?
4: Yeah, it's been good. He has like five, six years of showtime, so just picking his brain, learning from him, it's been a really good opportunity. Awesome, man. Right?
3: And uh, what are kind of your goals for the rest of the season? I know there's only about a month left. Anything you're trying to really work on as you look forward to next season?
4: Uh, just building off tonight, uh, making that a little more consistent outing, but just finishing healthy, going out there and just
0: competing. I'd say that's the. Biggest hole. I like to hear what he had to say about incorporating the slider death. I mean, it's perfect when you hear from Farquhar and then Nestrini and then you get to see it firsthand. Elijah putting it to work, and then hearing him talk about. It. I think that's very rewarding.
2: I, I think a lot of these pitchers really connect with Danny, um, and he's got a way of just kind of working aside them and kind of letting them also work on things with him almost. And I think with Nistrini, he he's a really smart guy. You can tell from watching him pitch and from talking with him after um, that he is kind of, he's cerebral about it. He thinks about the way he's pitching and the way he's working all of his stuff. And being able to work with Farquhar is really helping him. And they're they're really working in tandem to kind of figure out the right action on all of his pitches to maximize them and to maximize the, the pitch mix he's able to work with. Um, I think it's just, it's good communication. Everybody really seems to enjoy that development, the, the coaching staff getting along with the players. And that's, that's really important at this level. Um, and I think he's, it's just encouraging signs from a guy who, you know, we, I was really excited about that trade. I, I had had him mm-hmm. kind of marked as one of the guys from the Dodgers that could have been a target in, in any of the pitching trades that we were making. And it worked out when he got traded over and it's just, he, he has a ton of raw stuff and it's only getting better. And as he continues to work, I think this is a guy who I said this on Twitter. This is a guy who I I would not be surprised at all to see in the white Sox rotation in 2024 at some point.
0: So outside of streaming, we'll move on to the hitters here. Were there any other arms that you wanted to mention on the podcast before we move on?
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Mena um, and Cannon. So I saw the first start I was at was was Christian Mena, and the last start last night was Jonathan Cannon. Um, you can find both those videos on my Twitter, uh, but those guys were also really good. I mean, this is three – I got three really good starts so far in my time here. Um, Christian Mena is a guy who every step of the way he's been rising in my White Sox prospect rankings just because I think his upside is immense, and he showed it seriously on Tuesday. Um, you know, he he's just a really – well-rounded pitcher, and I think with him, it, it does come down to a degree to the to the command as well with him, uh, but his stuff is also great. His breaking ball is working really well. Um, he was locating his fastball all over the zone. He really works that high fastball well, which is fun to see from a young guy because that's a pitch that, I mean, man is 20 years old, so that's a guy who – um, you know, is, is really young still for being already in double A and been in double A, you know, mm-hmm. this entire season. So he, he, the White Sox aren't going to rush him because of his age, but I would not be surprised to see him, you know, again sometime late next year, potentially, if not 2025, for sure. Uh, it's really just the walks with him. And he did a good job controlling stuff on on Tuesday's start. And he has continued to look better throughout the season. Every time I watch him pitch and I look at his stuff, there's more and more encouraging signs from him. So I, I'm very excited. I mean, he's given up, he gave up a few runs, but it was seven innings. He was also really efficient. That was one thing that was cool with him. Only 81 pitches through seven innings. So it was great to see him just attacking the zone more than ever. He had, you know, only two walks, which again is still, you'd like to see that come down, but two walks and seven innings is really not too bad um, and then you know just just really going at hitters early and often which is fun and then you
0: before you get to, to Jonathan yeah. before you get to Cannon let me ask you about that star. were you seeing more fastballs changeups? Uh, how often was he incorporating his breaking ball versus the fastball
2: so he was definitely attacking with the fastball, which was good to see because his his fastball is good, but it's not necessarily a plus plus fastball in in the minds of many. Um, but he was really going at it with the fastball early and often. He also worked in that breaking ball a lot. One of the cool things with him is he was doing a lot of early count breaking balls, which you don't see all that often, um, especially from guys that are twenty years old, right? That's a hard pitch to to incorporate early. And he had a few at bats where you know he was going to the the slider on a 1-0 count, zero one count, and and doing pretty pretty well with it, getting it over for a strike more than he has earlier this season. So that pitch is something where if he can make that a, a strike pitch and not just a strikeout pitch, that could be really good for his development.
0: Yeah, because Christian Maino was getting rave reviews for his curveball when he was pitching in Kannapolis, and it's part of the reason why he was aggressively assigned to Winston-Salem at the age that he was in, at 19, and now at 20, you know, in the offseason, added weights, uh, added some size, and like, you know, we're still talking about a young man here. His fastball got a little bit of giddy up on it. He was The, the concern was as an 18, 19-year-old, 89, 92-mile-an-hour fastball, that's not necessarily going to play so well once he gets older and higher in the ranks. But now, 92, 94, we're starting to see some of the reports that his fastball is getting there. There's life uh, and his breaking stuff. And I also really love the mechanics. He's very clean, balanced, under control, in his delivery comes pretty much straight over the top, maybe high three quarters, if anything. Uh, but yeah, great stuff, Elijah. Another, on Christian another
2: fun note, just from a
0: personal side. Um, I talked
2: to him after, and he was a little hesitant to talk in English. You know, he's 20 years old. He hasn't been in the States for that long, um, but he was super enthusiastic. I was like, I'm going to try, man, just I'll, I'll do my best. And he, he did a good job, man. It, it's really cool to see some of these young players who, who don't speak English all that well, just being willing to try. And it's just, it's just a cool personality trait of his where he was just just like totally happy to do an interview with me even though he was nervous about his English. So that was another cool note about him.
5: There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites, searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all.
2: So let's talk Jonathan Cannon. What'd you see? On the other side of Mina and Nastrini, Cannon's a totally different type of pitcher. He's, you know, four or five different pitches. They're all solid. He doesn't have a wipeout pitch. I think he's known for the cutter, um, but he's, you know, more of that safe floor pitcher. He's just a steady quality pitcher. I think for him yesterday, he was a little frustrated with some of his command, especially later in the start. He only ended up going five innings, but I mean, he he was good. I thought he was another guy that looked good and he's continued to look good all year. He has a a bit of an adjustment period coming, o- coming up from Winston-Salem earlier in the year where he was dominating. Um, and then he's, he had a really rough start a few starts ago in Birmingham, but his last three starts now um, have been good. He's I think he talked to me a little bit about it yesterday, but his last three starts, one run, two runs, and one run, five innings in each of them, uh, only one walk in his last three starts. That's a guy whose command is just elite it really is it's it's top notch command from him especially in his last few the one start where he gave up a bunch of runs was the start where his command wavered and he ended up walking the most guys he's walked all season so with him it's it's really just a command thing and he's building off you know everything that he's been doing so far and i think with his cutter being really good we talked a little bit about yesterday how he's working to develop that slider in a different way than Nastrini but kind of similarly to the point where he's trying to differentiate that pitch and really make it a different type of plane as the cutter. So with Cannon, the, the fastball looked great yesterday. Um, his fastball has been, you know, it's not a, it's not a, premier offering it doesn't have a ton of ride on it as opposed to his cutter which is really his you know his go-to pitch but the fastball was good yesterday he threw a bunch of straight fastballs the cutter looked great and the slider he's messing around with a little bit of a different style of slider and it looked really good yesterday as well he had a few really nice strikeouts on the slider um so everything was solid from Cannon. and he, threw, he said he's throwing the curveball too i mean he, he really mixes everything mm-hmm. so it's kind of a fun different style of pitcher to watch when you really could see any of his five pitchings in any given pitch so that's it's kind of a cool um a cool style from him that you don't really see from a ton of other pitchers Uh, but generally it was it was impressive I liked what I saw from him he looked good I know he was he he got into a little bit of pitch count issues in his last two innings just kind of missing some spots getting a little bit deeper in counts than he wanted to Uh, but generally speaking the cutter was great the new type of slider he's working on looked good the fastball is better than it has uh, it looked better than it has earlier in the year so so overall good stuff from Cannon as well
0: it's part of the reason why we expect him to be in the Chicago White Sox rotation at some point very soon let's move on to the hitting side you talked to Nicky Delmonico, the hitting coach of the Birmingham Barons. Let's hear from him. Nicky, how's the season been for you this year? Um, it's, it's been fun. Um,
1: you know, I get to work. I get to teach every day. Um, these guys, they're really consistent. Um, they make it fun to come to the ballpark. Um, right now, we got a lineup that's, you know, pretty dangerous. So it's, it's been fun the last few weeks. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of progress
0: um, over the last
1: few months with these guys. But again,
3: I couldn't ask for a better group of guys that, you know, they come to the yard every day ready to work. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, you had a lot of guys come in from either promotions or coming back from injury. How have, you know, Colson and, and
2: Brian Ramos, for example, how have those guys responded from being hurt earlier this year and then coming back and getting back in their rhythm?
1: Um, I think they've done an outstanding job, both of them. Um, I think those those guys are going to be a key part in this organization. Um, you know, just watching them, they're special. You know, two, three in the lineup, um, a chance to, to change the game at any time. Um, both guys love to work, love to play, and uh, I'm just happy to be able to have a relationship with those guys and, and work with them. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: How about a guy like Edgar Caro who came in a few weeks ago? We saw him at two home runs the other night, and he's really looking more and more comfortable every day here.
1: Yeah, I mean, he made a, a quick and a tough transition. Um, being traded, um, coming over, having to, having to catch, you know, control the pitching staff, um, he's, been, he's been outstanding. The way he, he works with the coaching staff, pitching staff, Um, He's been uh, He's been really nice to have I think he's going to be a great addition Um, Swings it well from both sides of the plate Um, You know, he's only 20 years old And and he seems like he's 25 He's very mature for his age Yeah, that's awesome Um,
3: What about some of the guys that came up from from Winston-Salem earlier this year? You got Elko and Tatum and some of these other guys that have joined the lineup And then, not just just coming up But have been a big piece of this lineup in the last few weeks
1: Um, This is a true double-A team What we have now Um, This lineup is very tough Um, And I think for the rest of the year, we're going to be a tough team to beat with this lineup. And then we got a few pieces um, in our bullpen and starting rotation. So I think uh, Sox fans have something to look forward to with this team.
0: I really liked what I heard when you asked him about the adjustment period for Colson Montgomery and Brian Ramos returning from injury. I mean, that is something I I think very understated. We'll talk Brian Ramos here in just a minute. But the stuff on Edgar Carroll, again, you don't necessarily think about catchers who, one, have to learn an entirely new pitching staff coming from a different organization. But two, at 20 years old, playing in AA for A for uh, a brand new organization. This is a really good tweet from our own Leighton, your friend and our friend over at Just Baseball. Hitters 20 years old or younger in A with a weighted runs created plus above 100. Edgar Caro is among a very short list of seven players. So shout out to Edgar Caro. Shout out to the Chicago White Sox for targeting a catcher uh, with obviously and able to land a catcher of this quality. Really good stuff from Nikki Delmonico. Let's start Edgar Caro because you saw a career night for the young man.
2: Yeah, man, that was incredible. My first night there, I'd talked to Edgar a little bit before the game, actually, just asking him how the transition has been. Um, And then, you know, after he, not only did he hit his first home run that was just destroyed, then he proceeded in the 10th inning. The the Barons had gotten to a close game late. They went into extra innings. And then the 10th inning, he comes up with Ramos on base and just demolished a walk-off homer for his second homer of the game. So, I mean, this is a guy who has... Yes, he's a catcher and yes, his contact skills are his primary or his best asset, like his bat to ball skills and his approach are definitely his calling card. But he's got some power in that bat. I think when he really gets into one, we saw it last year. He had almost twenty home runs, I believe, last year with, with in high and single A um, for the Angels organization. And then this year the powers take down a little bit. But he's a guy that if he really gets into that power and he develops and, and adjusts to this level of play, I could easily see him being a fifteen to twenty home run a year type catcher, which at that position is is elite for sure. Um, he's just he looks really comfortable at the plate, even at twenty years old at, at high at double A already. His approach is phenomenal. It reminds me to a degree of Colson Montgomery, um, where he just is so comfortable waiting and finding the pitches he likes. And he taught you're going to hear this in a bit, but he is so smart about the way he swings and the way he approaches things. And I think a lot of that comes from catching, where he's able to think through what is happening and what the pitcher's thinking throughout the bat and to the to the point where he's like, he's thinking you know, this guy's gonna, he, he knew on that walk-off what pitch was coming because of what he had seen from this pitcher in the past and what he had been thinking and you're gonna hear from him about that, but he's just really smart at the plate and his level, like Delmonico mentioned, he, he seems like he's 25 and it, it really does seem like he's older than he is. I mean, from just talking to him and having a conversation with him, you know, twice before and after the game, he's really smart. He knows the game and he's continuing to work at everything another thing I saw from him um, that I didn't post a video on but I I watched him every single day before the game before he goes to catch the bullpen of whoever's starting he starts out in the outfield in the cages they have cages upstairs um, where he's doing defensive drills so before he even before he goes to catch the pitcher who's warming up for the game he was out there 30 minutes every single day before the game doing framing drills doing blocking drills and all that type of stuff so this is a guy who he, he told me this too you know he's his defense is is a priority for him and he knows that. It's not just like he, you know, a lot of people are saying is the defense good enough to remain behind the plate? And I think it already is solid but he's aware that that's the thing that he really is working hard at. He's like, I feel great at the plate. I'm working on both sides, but the defense is something that I'm really prioritizing. And you can tell that he's working at it because this pitching staff likes him. They like throwing to him. And it's clear that the pitchers, some of these talented pitchers have done really well in the last two weeks since he's been catching them. And and that's a thing that I don't think can be understated because, you know, him, him developing that chemistry with these pitchers is only going to be, more and more beneficial for the future like we talked about earlier because he's he's gonna be the catcher of the future most likely with a lot of these pitchers throwing to him
0: that's one of a kind insight gathered by elijah evans and i tell you it matters so much to be anywhere in person scouting seeing these players up close and personal and getting a chance to talk to them if you're lucky enough man it it makes all the difference in the world so let's hear from edgar caro i'm here
3: with edgar caro with his first two home runs today the second one being a walk-off uh what was today like man yeah it's so funny, so so great. Uh, my first time hitting two homers in the same game. Um, I feel great right now. So it's fucking good for me. Yeah, man, that was that was great. What was was there anything you were that just really worked for you today? Was there a specific pitch you were looking at? What were you kind of you're approaching the box or some of those events yeah, today? Yeah, yeah. I come in, I come
6: in hitting well uh, this week, uh, a couple of weeks to go, and uh, I working in the cage every day, like stay waiting for the ball, try to hit the ball on the opposite field. And that, that helped me right now in the game. So the That's last like, at bat, I'm looking to two strikes. I know he's coming, throwing like something like speed yeah. breaking balls. And I really see it for the slider. I'm hitting the slider and I got a good contact.
0: Working in the cage, going the other way. Music to my ears. Really like it. Good stuff, Elijah and Edgar Carroll. Let's talk Brian Ramos here because in August, through 14 games, Brian Ramos was on a tear. In AA Birmingham, five home runs, 14 RBIs, a 320 batting average with a .1104 OPS. It's about time. This is the type of player that we were very excited to cover, we talked about it earlier, suffered injury, interrupted his season, and now we're starting to see him in a rhythm and the potential that's right in front of our eyes. Ramos is
2: is really exciting. I getting to watch him and getting to see him live is is pretty incredible because I think he he has some upside that we haven't seen in a while um, from a lot of these White Sox prospects. I mean, he has the potential to be a thirty home run hitter. He has such natural easy power, but he doesn't have a swing that prioritizes power. That's the thing about him that's really fun to watch. He has a really balanced like nice swing where he focuses on that line drive. And he's had a few hits in this game. He hasn't had a homer since I've been here, but he's just driving line drives into, you know, line drive singles has been, I think he has three or four of those in these games I've watched where he just is patient. He's developing that approach. It's getting better and better. We still see him striking out a decent amount, but it's getting better throughout the season. And he's really just prioritizing driving the ball. And it ends up being home run sometimes, but he doesn't have a swing that's a home run swing. And I think that is something that is really important as you look into the future with Ramos, where he is able to really, you know, focus on his approach and staying kind of balanced with everything. And the power just comes naturally because he's incredibly strong. The other thing with him, you're going to hear from him in a second. The defense is great. I, 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 Ramos was a guy last year that I remember hearing, you know, fringe average defense type of reports about him where it's like, oh yeah, he can play a, an okay third base. Maybe he'll end up being better at second. This guy is a good fielder. He's not just an average fielder in my mind. I think he's a well above average fielder right now. He talked about how his, it's really a big priority for him every single day to be working on his defense and ground balls because that's just a, the base of what he's trying to do. And it's showing. He looks really comfortable at third. His arm is incredibly strong. That was already a given. His arm strength is easily good. I mean, above average at third for sure. It's a little inaccurate at times. He gets a little bit rushed with his throws, but when he really takes his time, his glove is clean, his hands are really quick, and his throws are really powerful. So it's a guy who, you know, with more and more reps, again, these guys are young, like 21 years old, Brian Ramos, right? This is a guy who dominated A last year and has been even better this year, especially in the last month or two. So I I have very high hopes for Ramos. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's a full package. And I think as he continues to work on that approach, his power, his general, you know, line drive ability, his defense, there's a lot to like with Ramos, and I I think he will be at third base for the White Sox, again, in the near future.
0: A lot of optimism on this episode. Let's hear from Brian Ramos. Brian, what's been uh,
3: some of the keys for your recent hot streak lately?
0: I mean, I've just been uh, a hot and I think
6: most of the, if I keep playing, I think I'm going to get better and better How's
3: your defensive work been this year? It looks like you. A lot of people have seen you looking really good at there base lately. Anything you're working on there to get more comfortable in the field?
6: I mean, yeah. Obviously, every day, every day, I'm working something different. You never finish in this sport, so yeah. I like to have uh, like kind of good defense because that's always important and about my back, But yeah, I've
3: been working a lot in my defense. This year. Yeah, that's great. Anything else with your with your swing that you've been working on adjusting? Or or are you really just staying consistent and keeping training at it?
6: Not really. I just keep it doing the same. Um, try to hit the ball hard and make good contact uh, every time I go to, uh, I go to it. That's yeah.
3: Anything uh, about yourself off the field that you want to share with fans that might go, get to know you and just know you as a guy?
6: I really like soccer. Uh, so, yeah, in Q, I play like, soccer a couple of times. Yeah, I'm a soccer guy too. You got
3: any teams you follow? Yeah, uh, PSG. Nice. Yeah, like PSG. Nice. Awesome, man. Well, thank you. We appreciate
0: it. I just want to say... Good for Brian Ramos and shout out to Brian Ramos for doing the interview in English and working on his English. I remember talking to Bill Mitchell of Baseball America. I think it was two years ago on the Future Sox podcast with James Fox, which you can listen to every Tuesday. And he mentioned, Bill did that Brian Ramos made it a point when he was 17 years old, entering the Chicago White Sox organization to adjust to the culture of the United States of America. And he works on his English Consistently, And you heard it there, Elijah. I mean, that's impressive. And I think I, it's important to mention this because I, I just, I have a lot of respect for Brian Ramos and for what he was trying to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and it goes,
2: it goes deeper than just his own self because Ramos is a guy from watching this team. He's clearly a leader. And he's a guy who I think not only did he want to learn English for himself, but I think his priority was to learn English, to really be able to be a guy on the team who can communicate well with the American guys, with the international guys, with everybody. And you see that on the field with this team because he – is someone who you can tell is a leader. You can tell a lot of the guys who are primary primary Spanish speakers that aren't as comfortable with English will use Ramos almost as a helpful communicator. And, and you can see it on the field in practice yesterday. I mean, he was he was talking to Colson Montgomery and Tim Elko in, in English. And then he goes over and he talks to Wilfred Verris and Jose Rodriguez and a few other guys in Spanish. And and it's just it's really cool to see. And he's a guy who, I mean, you can see him as a leader. At 21 years old, so I can't even imagine what he's going to be like, you know, at 24, 25 when he's in the big leagues and he's really gotten comfortable. Because I, I see him as a guy who could really be. I mean, we've talked about this a lot in the past. The White Sox, this whole question of where are the leaders on the team. Brian Ramos is a leader. You can see it in the way he acts. He has natural leader characteristics, and I would love to see that keep going. And like we said, this this is a core of guys who are going to be playing together. So. It's great to see him doing that from a young age, and it's just great to see the work he does on and off the field to really get comfortable with his teammates and his team.
0: That's Elijah Evans. He is finishing up his trip in Birmingham. Before we wrap up, let's talk some Wilfred Varis. Real quick, Elijah, what you got?
2: Yeah, uh, this is one guy I just wanted to mention because he's been incredibly hot the last week or two. Um, just like Ramos, Ferris has just been crushing the ball. Um, I, I talked to him for a little bit. We don't have any clips on it, but he he's a really nice guy and he is just a doubles machine. The way Wilfred Varis is able to just gap to gap power is so exciting. He doesn't have a ton of home runs, but his swing is just so natural and he just hits the ball incredibly hard. His exit velos are wonderful. And this is a guy who talking with, with Kurt Bloom of the Barons, who's the Barons uh, play-by-play and, and some other guys you know that that work with the Barons, this guy's bat is, is one of the most underrated in the system. And I think with him, it's really just about finding a defensive position. His defense in the outfield has improved. It definitely was a a weak point last year. And I think it's, you're seeing signs of improvement, but with him, the selling point is really the bat and his swing is just so, so good. And it's another guy where if you, if you can see his, his chase rate reduce a little bit, his bat can really play at the next level.
0: That's some quality stuff, Elijah. Keep up the great work. Thanks for all that you do, and uh, be sure you're following him. Be sure you're following him on Twitter, at ElijahEV8. You have so many videos posted on your Twitter, so those listening, be sure to catch all of it. There's insight that you want to hear, and it's uh, exclusive. So Elijah Ev, the number eight. I'm at Rankin906. You can follow us at FutureSocks. Go to FutureSocks.com for all the information. Elijah also wrote up an article the top 100 prospects that just baseball put together their list and uh, in the top 75 the White Sox have four names so that's pretty exciting we should also give an update on the top 30 we have our individual list completed we are putting together the final list and we will be publishing that in September so you can look forward to the Chicago White Sox top 30 list according to future Sox and our staff coming up soon so thanks so much for listening for Elijah Evans my name is Mike Rankin we'll talk to you all next week